great. Well, welcome everybody to the first episode of the Ironside podcast. I am your host, Brett Kane, and I am joined by a good friend of mine. Rich, say hello. Hello. Hello, Brett. Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Well, this is awesome. This is, uh, like I said, first episode. I am so excited to have you on because you are someone that I really look up to, someone that I admire. You've done so many cool things, but there have been uh, a couple cool experiences in your life that you've touched on briefly in some of our other conversations. And uh, I just want to hear about you being a hero. So do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, you know what you're doing in in the UP and and for those who don't know that's the Upper Peninsula. And if you say it quickly, or if you're from that area, you you say Da UP, like welcome to the UP, Da UP, not the UP. So that's kind of funny. It's it's a Midwestern accent thing. If you can't tell, I am from the Midwest, from Wisconsin. So I don't consider myself a hero, Brett, but I I appreciate the the, the compliment. Um, and um, so yeah, so Brett and I have met in a in a group we call Fathers and Heroes, and uh, we have become good friends and have chatted on and off the the sessions and become quite close. So I'm honored to be here, uh, Brett, to speak with you and talk about what happened. So, and again, I don't consider myself a hero, but um, looking back on it, I we were my wife and I had taken a trip, and we were up into. The UP, as we just stated, um, and we were finishing up our trip on the western part of the UP, heading back home. I live in north central Wisconsin. And we, ironically, we had stopped at a couple places and there was a storm coming. And one of those good old fashioned summer humid storms and you could, you could just feel the temperature and the, it just was hot and humid. And we're coming on a road past, I used to go up there a lot when I was a kid. And I remember stopping by a wayside and said, hey, I remember being as a kid, being there and, you know, spending time with my family there. And as we're coming up, up a hill, we came upon an accident scene. And I didn't see what was going on at first, but there was a storm coming and there was cars parked on both sides of the road. And I thought maybe, and I said this to my wife, I remember saying it vividly, I said, maybe they're stopped taking pictures of the storm. I don't know, right? And came through and we drove by and here's, two people laying in the road and it was bad. I, I won't go into detail, but it was bad. And I remember saying to my wife saying, should we stop? And my wife says to me, she goes, do you think you can help? And I said, yes. And I did. And when I had packed for that trip, um, I was, I'm a veteran, the United States army veteran also was trained in combat medic skills as part of my regular MOS. And that stands for military occupational, especially your job. Um, and I had a combat you know, medics training in, in addition to what I had before. I packed what's called the jump kit, which basically has all your bandages, tourniquets, supplies, all the medical stuff you need. And it wasn't a big kit. It was a fairly decent sized one. I had a lot of stuff in it. And for some reason, I had a sense I should just pack that. So I pulled over, came upon the scene, and there was people just running around probably half a dozen people if not more just running around and nobody really taking charge of the scene and i just went into what i'll call go mode i just i know I, I did it so instinctively and i think i went back to my my uh, military training i also was at previously was a, a firefighter and an, an emt basic train here in the state of wisconsin i went into those skills and i just 
did what I could. And I started directing people. I, I had somebody who, who a nurse, who, who, who a young lady who was in nursing school, she took over her and I did some of the, did the medical assistance, stabilized the scene, got these people stabilized. Other people who didn't seem like they wanted to be anywhere near there. I started having them direct traffic, blocking the scene, making sure the scene was secure, going looking for, it was a motorcycle accident. Ironically, we never found the motorcycle. Um, we don't know how or where the motorcycle went. But, um, and we're in the upper peninsula of Michigan where cell coverage is spotty. Um, one of the people on the scene did have cell, cell coverage. He called in. I told him to get another ambulance there because there was two people that were hurt badly. Um, and, and you remember we had the storm coming in too. And the ambulances show up. And just as we got him into the ambulances, it just downpoured. And I, you know, we were all, any of us were helping were just soaking. And, um, and I don't consider myself a hero, Brett, but it goes back to training and it goes back to being prepared and knowing what you can do and taking some initiative to, to go above and beyond what you know, you know, not to be freaked out, to get calm yourself. You almost have, it was like a sense of, I knew it was serious and it was serious. Um, these people were badly hurt. Um, when we had put them into the ambulances, they were awake, conscious, bleeding had been stopped, and they were stabilized, and we did our job as first responders on the scene. So that's a short synopsis of it, Brett. I could go much deeper, but I don't want to because some of it might gross some people out, but, but that's a short synopsis of what happened at that time. So. Man, that's incredible. And when, when you first told me the story, so the nursing student, she showed up later and she recognized that you had combat medic training, right? And she, she asked you. Correct. So she did. She did. Right. She know that she goes, yeah, after the fact we were done, she goes, you've done this before. And I said, yes, I have. And in fact, um, one, when one of the ambulances showed up, I could tell she, one of the people on the ambulance, she looked at me, so who are you? And I told her my name and what experience I had and what we had done what the nursing student had helped me done with the, with the female person, the female, and, and that was hurt in the scene. I was taking care of the male um, that was involved in the scene, on the scene. He, she, she, then she knew, then I knew that somebody else who knew more than me was on scene to take over. And I relinquished that command. I then listened to what she said. Right. And, and, and that's part of being leadership is that you recognize that you can be a leader at certain levels. But when somebody else comes in who knows more than you or who's who knows how to handle it, you you take you 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 take let them take over and you basically begin to come then you handle your own self and, and take care of it. So yeah, she had said that, yeah, boy, you've done this before. And I went, yeah. And I told her, I said, you're gonna this is might this might mess you up in a way. You know what I'm saying? Because you see things that you normally don't see, right? You know, you you see things that you can do all the training and all the scenarios and all the role playing but when you get on scene it's like anybody who's in that first responder role firefighter police officer military emt basic right i mean you don't know what's going to happen until you get there until it actually happens right and that's when you fall upon your training you you surround yourself with people who support you right who can push you who can help you um and sometimes you just have to take a big deep breath Brett. right you just got to go okay what do I do? What's my training? 
right? Number one, stabilize the scene. Okay. Look at the most severe people. Who's, who's hurt the worst, right? Start, start helping those people. Who else can help you? What level is the purpose of helping it? If they're older, that they can stand off and take care of the family, then you have them go take care of the family that may not be involved in the accident, right? You, you have to divide, you have to basically be a leadership. And when I came upon the scene, there was nobody. It was just people running around. And I just said, okay, I, I got to take charge. And as my wife will tell you, I didn't yell. I was very direct, but I didn't yell. I said, no, I, how about you guys go do this? You guys go do that. Thank you. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Right. I did say that. Um, but it was, it was interesting because it, it, it brought back some memories that I had some good, some bad, um, that it made me, I hadn't seen something like that in a long time. Right. And it, um, brought back some leadership things that I had done. Some of those instinctiveness that came back. And my wife said, she's never seen me like that before. And I said, well, I mean, it's not something that I want you to, but she said, boy, um, if something ever goes bad for us, I feel good. Like if we're in a situation, I feel safe. Like you're going to get us through it. I said, I'll do my best I can. Right. So that kind of made me feel good. It's not how to say it, but it made me feel like, you know, my, my, I could do it. I could step up to a point because I've been to that. I've done that type of stuff before. Man, one thing that I love that you said is that, you know, it, you fell back on your training and I tell this all the time. You know, I talk to a lot of people about fighting and self-defense uh, and people say all the time, Oh, you know, if, if something went wrong, uh, I would just, you know, I would just see red. I'd just go crazy. I would, but that's not the case. You don't rise up to the height of your physical capacity in an emergency. You fall back to your lowest level of training, you know, you know, uh, when, yeah, that's a valid point. And so some people don't have the medical training, but they're really good at consoling people and talking to people. Right. And if, and, and if they're good at that, then you take those people in that situation and you be the count, the, the on-scene counselor, right? You take those people in that role. And we had, and I add to that, that there was a construction crew, road construction crew that showed up and they started directing traffic, which was great. That was one thing I didn't have to worry about anymore um, on there. They had it. They started putting up the flashers. They got people moving. They got traffic slowed down. That was great. That's one thing I didn't have to worry about anymore. In fact, one of the guys was a firefighter that was on the, on the, road construction crew, he was able to help me and take over assisting or assisting the, the one gentleman on the scene, the male on the scene. So that helped. He had, he had some first responder experience. Um, and to come to find out the nurse that was helping me on scene was, was in the same school that I'm, I'm taking some classes. She was in the nursing school. So she had experience. It was a small town. They were just starting their, their vacation. We, my wife and I were just about ending ours. So it kind of, it's just, it's ironic how you get put in places at a certain time, right? I think Brett and you and I have talked about that before, just the other day, about how you get put in places. It's weird, right? You get, this timing is just, it's, 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 it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence at all. No, not, not at all. Just the fact that there were so many people there with a variety of skill sets that could serve a purpose. And, and that's so awesome. And you know, you, you don't call yourself a hero because you're humble, 
but you didn't have to stop. You know, you you weren't in uniform. You know, this this wasn't something that you had to do, but you did it anyway. And I love what your wife said. She asked you, "Can you help?" And you said, "Yes, you know, of course I can." And I love the the confidence that you instilled in her after the fact. And I think it's so important that when we're faced with a challenge, whatever that challenge might be, we ask ourselves or, or you know, if, if we're fortunate enough to, to be married, our, our, our wives can ask us, like, can you help? Can you do this? Can you make this work? Can you do something about this? And you get that question in your head. And when you can answer in the affirmative, that is empowering. And that gives you and that person confidence. And of course, you know, you, you wouldn't have taken charge if you weren't capable because that, that can be dangerous for them. So you have to train. So another question, uh, what if there had been, you know, cause obviously until you got there, the civilians, they were just running around. What would you do if there wasn't, you know, a construction uh, crew or someone uh, who was good at consoling? What if there's someone there who's just losing their mind, who's making it dangerous for everyone else and you're trying to save these people's lives and this person is just losing their head, what would you do in that situation? Hmm. And, and I would have a limited amount of people to help me deal with that. If, if I'm focusing on number one issue, if I have somebody with, with, with a major injury that I have to save that person's life, I've got to do everything I can beyond that to be on task, right? If there's a person that's just running around, running around, if I got somebody else that can just talk to that person and take them aside and say, can you just talk to this guy? Give him, I shouldn't say guy, give this person something to do, right? And versus being here because this person is not helping, right? And, and you know, and sometimes you have to be forced. And sometimes I've been in situations in my military career, being a first responder and other ones, some people just, you sometimes have to just like you cannot either physically grab them or say, hey, you need to calm down. And you talk to them in, 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 a, in almost like in a, not like in a dad when your, your, your dad would jack you up, right? right. But in that way, like you got to have him snap out of it. You know, I was, and I've, I've done that with some people in the military. Like, you've got your training. Let's go, right? You got this, right? Let's go. What's the first thing we do? Okay, do it. Then the next thing. Then the next thing, right? Um, if there was no police officers around or anything like that, and that'd be tough. You'd have to protect the scene which would mean if he's, if this person's coming in there and doing more damage, then it'd be like, no, we got it. We got it. You go over there and do that. You know, go, go look for the, in this case, I would tell that person in this case, go look for the motorcycle, right? Go look in, in, in the, in the brush and look, get, make that person preoccupied in something else they would do. So that's how I'd answer that. Um, but you gotta, you gotta take care of what you gotta take that. care that's of. Right. You could control exactly. what you could control. No. You can control yourself. Yep. You got to control what's number one. If you have somebody who has massive bleeding, you got to stop the bleeding, right? The other stuff, nope. And and if it was just would have been me on the scene, not having even the other that nurse, I would have tried to do my best. I don't know what what would have happened. I don't know, right? I would have told that other female will not move, lay down, don't move. I would have taken care of him. But it's just, it was a godsend that we had some other people there come in, you know, and everybody just... And it was funny because I said, you do this, you do that, put your gloves on, you do this, hold his head, you take care of that. I mean, it was just like, I was just, a, just one thing after another. 
I'm, if you guys can't see, I'm snapping my fingers, but, but yeah, it just was funny how it's not funny. It just, I just went into that goal mode. I don't know. I don't have a better, better way to say it. And I've just had those checklists in my head of things to do and just to adapt and look at the situation and do the best you can. And it's being prepared. It's being, you know, being prepared to have, handle some adversities in your life, taking that time to get a little education, you know, get some basic life-saving skills, have medical equipment on you at all times, right? In your vehicles, you know, know the basic skills, um, being able to take care of yourself, you know, um, being caring, being compassionate, right? I mean, anybody who's been in a first responder role, you're seeing people at their worst times, right? If you really think about it, right? You're seeing them after an accident or if you're a police officer, something happened to them or something bad is, they're doing something bad to somebody, right? A firefighter, right? It's a car accident, houses on fire, EMT, you name it, right? ER doctors, right? I mean, you went on the list. They're seeing people at their worst times. You have to be caring and compassionate. And sometimes you have to tell somebody who is a big, Harley guy that doesn't want that doesn't want to lay down, you tell him you're laying down and you're not moving because if you do, you're going to be worse and you have to almost talk to them that way, you know, and sometimes that is not may not come across as care, caring or compassionate, but sometimes I've had to do that a couple in my previous things. Like you have to tell some big guy that laid a bike down after hitting a deer, you're no, you're going to sit down and you're going to sit here. You're not moving. And they tend to, they listen. It's like it's, it's they get knocked down a little, and then I'm you know they're well you got to stress and adrenaline and all that stuff, but um, once that hits, then they go man yeah man I maybe I better listen. Man, no that that's awesome, and you know I was thinking about you know all the civilians, and you gave them jobs, and even someone who doesn't really have I'm using air quotes here a job to do, but sending them on you know, a wild goose chase to occupy themselves, you know, find the motorcycle, uh, go, go find me some blueberries, you know, or, or whatever. Right. Uh, and you can do that even with the victims in that case, you know, and you can ask them questions, you know, get them talking. Which know, I did, which I did. Them. Yep. And I asked questions of who's, what day is it? What happened? Where are you from? You know, all those questions, trying to keep them cocky because I didn't want them going out and passing out on me or, or, or losing consciousness, right? I need to keep them awake, right? And the one guy kept saying, I just want, I want to go to sleep. I'm like, nope, you can't, man. You can't go to sleep on me, right? You got to stay awake, you know? And I asked him some questions and he used some bulk. I won't go over what the question was and what his answer was, but I knew his cognitive skills were pretty good, right? I think you and I talked about those right after, right? But uh, we, we won't go there. But he was lucid and he was okay. And he he's a tough man. I'll give him that. He's, he was, he was hurting. And, um, so I haven't heard anything yet. So I'm assuming no news, good news. So I've checked, I've checked the, uh, news sites up there in the UP and haven't heard anything bad. So I'm, we did our job as first responders. We got them in the ambulance. They were, everything was stabilized. Bleeding had stopped. They were conscious. They were, their experts took over. Um, and you know, I may never see those people again. I may, I may or may not, I don't know. Right. The people that helped me, right. I may or may never see them, you know, but I, I didn't do it for that. I did it because I just have this, it's like, I, I don't like, I feel like I have some knowledge 
and, and a skill set where I can help. And if I can, I will. You know, um, I, you're right, but I could have just drove by. And there has been times when I've come across other scenes and if there's five, six, seven, eight people there, I don't, I don't stop because it's like they got it right. But in this case here, there was nobody. There was one other person, about four other people. And then as I pulled over, more people started showing up. But I just felt like, no, I, 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 I just had a call. Something said, no, I got to stop and do this. And I did. Again, that's going back to how humble you are, you know, because someone who's like, oh, I'm, I'm so awesome. I'm just going to take control here. And, you know, and then you just make it worse. Uh, but I love what you said about training. And, you know, obviously not everyone is going to be able to develop your skill set, which you've developed over your entire life. Uh, but there, I mean, there are YouTube videos, you know, you can go and uh, volunteer as a firefighter. You can learn CPR. Uh, you can learn very basic skills and you can even carry basic first aid uh, or even if you don't know how to use it because chances are someone on on scene when you roll up will know how to use it and, and the more equipment the better and what I was thinking when you're talking about giving jobs to these people it doesn't have to be life and death emergency situations you can give a job to a rambunctious kid you know to redirect them you know say hey I you, you enlist their help hey I need your help with this can you can you handle this you, you give them a responsibility and I think that's that's something else that's that's really strengthening and, and empowering for them too. Yeah, and I'll share with you that I was out. Um, a good friend of mine, one of my um, duck hunting buddies, brought his he brought his little four year old boy out, and my daughters are older, and I took them out hunting, and it is amazing to see the joy in the eyes of a young one when they are doing something and they're trying to be like their mom or dad. Right. And this little guy is all into it. He was out there. He was out there early morning, five o'clock in the morning. He's out there. We were ready to go. And he, he was, he did very well for the first hour. And then he's getting a little rambunctious. Right. But then I gave him things to do. Right. I gave him things like, Hey, and you, we could hear some ducks and geese calling and making noise. And I was trying to like, what, what sound, what sound was that? What bird was that? That was a goose. Yep. Which one's that? That was a mallard, right? And so I was teaching him, right? Because he wanted to sit by me. He didn't want to sit by his dad. He wanted to sit by me. And that was fine, right? Because I know him. But um, he, you're right. And you, can, and you can take an experience like that, even in a positive way, and turn it into something that will be empowering for a four-year-old, right? You, you can use that in any situation that, and you don't have to be, even with adults, we don't have to talk down to them or belittle them. You can you know, come at their level and have that and, and, and make the experience pleasurable. And it was so it was neat to see that. And you're right. You can take that and say, OK, and, and little guy, I said, hey, how about you do this? I need you to go and find me a bunch of pine cones. Right. And he was around the shoreline. Now, the pine cones had nothing to do with anything. Right. He just wanted to run around because he was full. But he was fine. And there was really wasn't we were almost at the end of the day. He. He comes back with about, I, I don't know, where he, like 100 pine cones. I don't know where he found them from, but it kept him busy. And the great thing about that was, Brett, is that that kid was outside for six hours, outside, no TV, no, no, no phone, right? No iPad, 
nothing, no electronic device in his hand. And he was loving it. Right. And then he wanted to go for breakfast. And so we, you know, right. But then when he got in the truck, he fell asleep. But he's only four. So he didn't even make it to the restaurant. He was out. Right. That's fine. I don't blame him. I, I would have been sleeping too. But um, so, but you're right, though, Brett, that you could use that skill set and that leadership thing, as I think as dads, is even as moms, as parents, and as as adults, we can learn, talk to each other, understand where the other person is coming from, and use what they have in a positive way. Not belittle. I don't, nobody likes to be belittled, but understand in that situation, you may not have medical training, but maybe you're really good at counseling, or maybe you're really good at, you know, um, looking for clues or whatever, right? You know, maybe, and I said, maybe in a situation where you had, maybe there was a family member that came upon the scene, you, they, they, they knew them, right? If you work in a small town, like I used to do, small town EMT, eventually you're going to know somebody that's involved in a wreck. And that's tough. That's tough. I've been on those scenes where, where other family members have come up on their family members and didn't even know they were involved yet. That's tough, right? That you need somebody else just to almost take care of them. You know, that, that first responder then needs to be taken care of. So, No, that's awesome. So on a lighter note, you know, how, how was hunting? Did you, you get some birds? We got some birds. Yep. It was beautiful. Um, we uh, got some good rainy weather Friday night that stirred them up. Um, I uh, got some birds, got to enjoy the outdoors, um, you know, uh, just be out there when the sun comes up is amazing to be there at night when the sun goes down, how the, the sun plays off the trees and the leaves are starting to turn here in North Central Wisconsin and um, just to see the beauty of nature, you know, it's just, it's amazing how to be out there um, and have, I had a, a, a um, owl that was sitting up at a branch about four or five feet away from my head that didn't like that I was there. He must've thought that it was, it was his or her spot. Right. But I like, no, buddy, I'm here now. So um, that was cool. Um, and I think it's called a Baird Bard Owl, B-A-R-R. -R. I, I remember I, I'm not an owl expert, but. Um, yeah. Bird Owl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we found, yeah. So I know a couple of my friends are birders um, in the sense that they, don't harvest them they take pictures of them and i showed pictures and i said yep that's probably a juvenile um probably just trying to figure out who you are what are you doing right why are you in my spot so it was great though it was great to be out there got to see some long lost friends i haven't hung out with in a while um my buddy who was back in because he had a young family and when you have a young family it's tough to go do the extracurricular so he's getting back out it's a joy i remember taking my daughters out when they were young um and just having them enjoy something that um, I enjoyed just make it about outdoors and make it, you know, make it, and sometimes you were able to get, you were able to harvest an, an animal. Sometimes you weren't, that's fine, but it was great. It was great. It was just to sit there and have some good camaraderie with some friends I haven't had in a long time. That was, that was nice. It was nice not to also not to be in front of a TV or a phone. Right? You know, just be outdoors, just be outdoors and turn the, put the cell phone away. It was awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's a beautiful thing. I, I haven't got to, to do any waterfowl hunting before, um, but just being out in nature, you know, whether you're fishing, hunting, camping, hiking, bird watching, it, 
it is rejuvenating, which is such a good word because you, we got juvenile in there, which is young. It, it literally makes you young again. Um, what, what are you, what are you shooting these days? Where are you shooting with? I, I picked up, uh, uh, finally picked up, I'm kind of a frugal man. So I picked up a, a Remington 1187 automatic, never had one, um, picked it up really nice mint condition. Um, I've been an old pump shotgun guy. So it was shoot, shoot, pump, shoot, pump, boy, to pull the trigger three times in about about seven to eight seconds that was pretty amazing because the birds really do fall right if you hit them right but um that was nice um and to you know bang 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 instead of bang 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 because i'm pumping the gun right um that was fun um and got some goose got some ducks um had uh saw some sandhill cranes come through we, we don't have a season on those um uh you name it, um, had some deer walk by me. Uh, that was awesome. They walked about 15 yards away. I was sitting in my blind and all of a sudden I hear Brun, I'm sitting there drinking a cup of coffee and having a, you know, a donut in my blind and um, good duck hunter breakfast, you know, right? And, uh, and all of a sudden I hear brush crack and I turn around, here's a six pointer about 15 yards behind me looking at me going, one of these things like, what are you doing there? You know, right? If you, for folks that can't hear, I'm deer like to move their head back and forth when they can't figure out what's going on so but uh, it was enjoyable and plus having the little guy out there yesterday that made it he just he was he asked the question like little people do how do you make water <laughs> how do you answer that right that's a question a four-year-old would ask you right and his dad's like well it's it's been unearthed you know and i said well like i said jameson i said that was a little guy's name i said jameson see like when the snow melts that turns water and then he goes, what about the rain? I said, yep, that's, that's water. Right. You know, he goes, oh yeah, he was so funny. He was, and to speak four-year-old, I, I hadn't done that in a while. So when you try to learn to speak four-year-old the words, you know, and my buddy's like, well, Rich, it's been a while since you spoke, had to listen to four-year-olds. I'm like, yeah, it's been 15 years ago. It's been a while, <laughs> you know, it's been a while since I spoke four-year-old. You know, that was one thing my dad, he said, so, so my daughter just turned six and she is very intelligent. She's got uh, a great vocabulary, but they just have these interesting speech patterns, you know, where they'll say a word that isn't actually a word, but it makes sense to them. And my dad, he always said, never correct them. He's like, just let them talk, you know, and, and it's gone, it's turned into, you know, family tradition. So, you know, she still calls syrup, like maple syrup, she calls it seabop, because that's what she called it when you know, she was a baby and, and it's just fun. That, that, that is fun. I'm glad you got to. Oh, it reminds to me that. of the story that uh, your kids when they were literally drawing pictures, right? Well, I made the mistake assuming it was a dog. I don't remember what it was. And I think it was my oldest. She goes, that's not a dog, dad, that's a giraffe, and starts crying, and I made that classic dad mistake, right? I should have asked, what did you draw me, honey? No, I just assumed it was a dog. It was a giraffe. It did look like a giraffe, but it was, and I, boy, did I, the crocodile tears, but it, that, now we laugh about that, right? And there's certain words that I, my daughter will, my youngest will use that we, like your syrup, right? Tartar sauce. And if she listens to this podcast, I won't say her name, but 
we always called it tartar. Instead of tartar, it was tartar. She thought it was tartar. She went to school when they had fish sticks one day at lunch. And she said, well, I have some tartar sauce. And her friends look at her and go, it's tartar, not tartar. She was mad because I thought she knew it was a joke. She didn't, right? <laughs> so that is, that's a big, she's to this day, if we go for somewhere for a fish fry in Wisconsin here and have tartar sauce, I'll say, well, can you pass the tartar? Dad, knock it off, you know, right? She's 19, right? I can, I can, I can joke with her a little bit more about it than when she was little, but there's just those family moments that are funny, like the syrup and tartar, right? No, it's as long as things, it's a, it's a family thing that you joke about it, but now it'll be out there and now everybody will know, but I won't say her name. So I won't embarrass her too much. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, we're going to have to get you up here to Washington because we've got some, some great bird hunting up here. My sergeant, he, he's an avid bird hunter and he's always going out and, and uh, get we'll do that, yeah. some different critters. So what, what's next for you? What, what, uh, got any more hunting trips coming up? Got any... Well, this weekend I'm going to meet up with um, one of the guys in our group, Brett, uh, meeting up with him. So I'm flying. He lives in St. George, Utah. So I will be gone this weekend. Um, flying out uh, on Friday, going to fly, taking the day off on beat, coming back on Monday. Um, going to hit, get it hard during the week then. Um, my youngest is going as a sophomore at UW-Madison. Go Badgers. Okay, there you go, right? Even though they lost Notre Dame, um, they'll bounce back. Um, but uh, so next couple weekends are going to be busy, but um, I can hit my little blind for my lake in about 15 minutes from my house. So I'm done with about four o'clock on weekdays. I can get a good solid hour, hour and a half um, in the in the duck blind, and uh, and get that get that evening flight. So, um, and it's fun because um, sometimes my wife will come out. Just she loves to come out, just go for a boat ride and sit, and she'll camo up and sit there and just enjoy it and shoot the you know, have some fun and just talk and because we think with, with waterfowl hunting. You can talk for the most part, right? Deer hunting, bow hunting, you got to be quiet. But duck hunting, you can get away with it. Boy, the, boy, there was duck hunting. Did you hear that hunting? That, that was hunting. That's a little, <laughs> bit of, a little bit of Southern came in there for me. Yeah, man, just we're all over the place geographically. Mm -hmm. So wh what are you doing with the birds? Um, are, you, are you eating them? I eat them. Everything that I harvest, I eat. Um, and I love to grill them. Um, my wife will take... She's amazing. She can take a marinade and, um, and I'm not going to give up her secret. That one you'll have to pay for. Um, but she'll marinate them and put them on the grill and they will taste unbelievable. Um, a lot of people don't like wild game. I love it. Duck is a very dark meat, right? You can do things to duck to make it less gamey. This recipe, this marinade does that. The longer you marinate it, uh, but take that, take some fresh vegetables you know if we, we get some can if you can some vegetables and do that make a great meal my kids were younger i would get a goose and i would take um the goose and i would cube them up and wrap them up in bacon and put them in a toothpick and put them on the grill i call them goose bites like chicken nuggets you know i call them goose nuggets and uh they'd eat most of them and i would hardly get any right probably because they had bacon on it but um they would just eat they'd love it they would eat they would eat that like crazy you know, um, and uh, yeah, I pretty much whatever, uh, not whatever, whatever, I'm sorry, not whatever I, I harvest, I eat. So um, 
I'd even eaten coot. And everybody who was a duck hunter knows that coot are not very good tasting animals. Um, I'll give a shout out to Steve Rinelli and the meat eater guys. They had an episode where they made coots. Um, I think they called them coots, coyotes, and coyotes or something. I don't remember what. They took like three animals and they made them and unbelievable. And I followed that recipe and wow, it wasn't bad. I wouldn't do it all the time, but um, <laughs> but um, I do harvest. I do love wild game. I grew up on it. Um, venison squirrel uh pheasant grouse i mean I, I i you know for me growing up if we didn't get a deer sometimes it was tough i mean it was tough we got we were growing up my dad would shoot would harvest a deer because it was food you know um and um i have no problem filling a deer with venison i can take it and i i usually process it myself I usually take it somewhere I'll get with some other my friends and we'll make some sausage or, you know, snack sticks or something like that out of it and, and all that. But, um, and then that's just, and that's more of a bonding time too. When you get there and you get a bunch of friends together and you're, you know, you're sitting in the garage and music on and you're, you're having a good time and you're stuffing sausage and you're making sausage and putting it in the smoker and all the other stuff. It's cool. You know, Brats, if anybody knows Midwest, we love our brats, right? Which is like an Italian sausage. It's not Italian sausage, though. It's a brat. It's different. Okay. There's a difference. Um, we make brats and all like hot dogs, you name it. It's, good. it's a good time. No, that's awesome. You know, and like you said at the beginning, we, we met uh, through our father's group. And, and the cool thing is, like, you were the kind of person that I would have wanted to meet anyways, you know, just, just to, to be friends with. And mm -hmm. so that, that's the cool thing. And, you know, like you said, you, know, you might not run into those people that you helped or that you helped with again, but I guarantee they are going to remember you. And uh, I, I know that they're grateful for you. I'm grateful to know you. I, I could keep talking. You. Thanks, man. <laughs> I and you you know both of us we we could talk for for five hours here but I I know you got to run uh, but this has been an absolute pleasure. Anything else you want to to say before we sign on? No, I mean it's our group. We we're so different people, right? We have people who are 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 live in different parts of the country and who are in different facets of their professional and personal lives. You know, I have adult daughters and. They're, they're, they're figuring out their lives. You got guys who are just having babies and younger people and they, you know, we give our, we, we help each other out. And it's, it's amazing that we have different levels of education, right? And we have some people who in our group who talk and then I'll go, huh, what did you just say, right? Cody, that's you. Sometimes you say stuff and I have no idea what you're talking about, man. But I love you, but I gotta, I gotta like Google what you're saying. And sometimes I'll even ask him, I'll get on the phone and say, what did you mean when you said this, right? And he'll go, oh, okay. And then he gets, right, you know, but you, we educate each other. You know, we, we look at things from a different perspective and that's the amazing part of it. Um, you know, I'll share with you that Brett that I was going through some stuff and still am and Brett reached out to me and that has been tremendous for me to help me. Um, just because knowing that I have somebody there who's accountability for me, that who loves me, cares for me, wants me to be good. And the same with me with Brett. You know, I, if he, Brett has something, I'm gonna reach out to him. He reaches out to me and say, Hey, here's, here's my two cents, you know? And I mean, I'm not a clinic 
clinical psychologist, but you know, I'm getting up there from almost 50. I've seen some things in my life. I'm not perfect either. You know, I have made my shortcomings in my life and made my mistakes. Like I think all of us have. And the thing is you learn from them and you learn, learn from it. That's the biggest learn from it and don't repeat if it's a mistake. But when it comes to learning, like you mentioned, we are an opportunity here. We can learn anything nowadays. We have so much information at our fingertips. You almost have to make a conscious effort not to learn it, right? If you want to learn how to program and do coding, you can learn it, right? If you want to learn how to basic EMT skills, you can learn it. You want to learn how to build a canoe or a boat, right? There's information out there that can get you going, right? Build a bench, right? How to do trigonometry. I mean, I'm, all the kind of stuff that's out there, it's crazy. We have this opportunity to learn so much more than I did when I was growing up. When I was growing up, you need to look it up. You had to go to get an encyclopedia, right? Or you ask somebody who was an expert, right? If you want to learn about World War II, I went talk to my grandpa who was in World War II, right? I didn't have, I couldn't go look it up. I'd ask my grandpa, right? What did it mean to have a victory garden? I didn't know what that meant. So I asked my grandpa and I figured it out, you know, you know, the war bonds and the penny drives and the, and the steel and scrap drives where you had people taking all their old bikes and taking them to town and all that stuff. It's crazy. Huh? Where did your, your grandpa serve? Which branch was he? My, my grandpa was also in, in World War II in the army. Obviously. So, yes. My grandpa was in the army air corps. He lived in Alaska and interesting story about that. I know we do have a hard stop here, but um, he was living in Alaska. So my grandpa, this would be my maternal grandfather. Um, he was living in Northern Wisconsin during the depression. Roosevelt had a deal. He took a hundred families from Wisconsin, Michigan, and Minnesota. My grandpa's family was the largest with 11 kids. Should have been 15, but four died in infancy. They got on a train to Minneapolis. They met up all those families. My grandpa's family was the largest with 11 kids of the hundred. They took a train over to Seattle, a ferry up to Anchorage, and then the train up into Palmer, which was in the, in the uh, Matanuska Valley. So, or the Matsu, as they say it. So um, Palmer, Wasilla area, north of Eagle River. My grandpa, and up there, they, the government gave him 40 acres and a house. And their base, and it was fertile land. And they had bulldozers and equipment. They made basically dairy farms. And so my grandpa was, was younger. And they had all the younger guys, I'm, I'm talking seven, 15 to 17, 18, would go work at all the farms, milking the cows and doing chores and stuff like that help out. And that's how they got paid. Well, my grandpa got back in from Milken and heard on the radio that Pearl Harbor was bombed. All the kids that were of legal age, young men got on, hopped on. They went down in their whatever vehicle they could get and all enlisted at Anchorage. And my grandpa got for somehow was able to stay in Anchorage at El Mondor Air Force Base. He was in the Army Air Corps and he um, was a mechanic. So he was up there um, he also did, um, was in the Battle of Atu, which is one of the Aleutian Islands. If we don't know your history, young people, look that up. You'll, I'll let you see that, that we actually were invaded and they did um, get the invaders out. Um, my grandpa was part of that. And then he went over to Austria at the reconstruction part near the end of the war um, to do that. In fact, my daughter, my oldest daughter, went with a group called Ambassadors of Music was in Austria in the same town where my grandpa was. And it's just beautiful, beautiful. I mean, Austria is beautiful, just gorgeous, right? My grandpa mirrors being so beautiful, just 
the mountains and the snow capped and all that. And then my dad was in Vietnam. My dad was in the Army first. He was drafted. And then I was in, I was in the Army. So, yeah. Man, just the history, history of service, man, that is, that's awesome. And, you know, it, like when you had your experience in the UP, that was just a, a perfect team of people who happened to be there. And, and our father's group, you know, you get a dozen dads across the country. I bet you're going to have someone who has skills in almost every single field. And you could take 12 of those dads and you could do anything with it. So it's great to, to be building a team like this. Oh, it is. You know, it I, is. I mean, there's people in our group that I'm working in the information technology field in a different area than one of the other gentlemen does. And we've helped each other. I've had him call me up or I called him up and said, Hey, can you, can you help me with something? And he has, right. He didn't have to, right. You know, we had one of our guys in the group that was struggling with something. And I reached out, we, 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 we reach out to each other in our group and outside of our group individually. And that's the great thing about this, that it there gentlemen, there's other gentlemen out there and ladies too. find your group, find your tribe, right. Find your tribe. And other people have said that, but find your tribe. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. They're, they're, out there. they're out there right now waiting for you. So Rich, where, where can people find you? Are you on, on the, on the gram, on the Instagram? I am on the, I'm on the, inter <laughs> yeah, I'm on the interstitials as you say. Yeah. So um, let me get, I am on Instagram. Ducks.rich is me. Um, also out there on Twitter as ducks. Let me see. Well, yeah, me, I'm mainly active on uh, Instagram ducks.rich. So that is me. So you can find me there. Um, and uh just want to make sure man make sure i got that right yeah that's me yep yep ducks.rich that's me there you go so you'd find me out there all right yeah we'll, we'll uh we'll get you a following and and uh i can't wait to try some of that duck and we'll have to get you out here we'll have a safe trip thank you so much for taking the time as no always problem, it's a pleasure. yeah it's a pleasure man i i i'm i'm good luck with your podcast and um i'll be looking forward to keep listening and hearing from you hearing the other guests that you have on so hey thank you so much i'm glad to have you on first you take care brother you too brett you too take care brother we'll see ya bye now peace peace